Hey, uh, you know how normally when we start this, you're like, uh, welcome to the Sindorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. I'm Steve Rudd. You know how you normally say that? Yes, because it's written down. Yeah, (laughs) I just think, you know, today's Star Trek Day, and I just it doesn't seem appropriate to do a a Star Wars podcast on Star Trek Day. So I think we got to change it up. How do you feel about that? All right, let's try it out. Okay, let's see what happens. Welcome to This Enterprising Life, a Star Trek podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and today we're going where no one has gone before. So, it's Star Trek Day, and we're discussing Season 1, Episode 4 of Star Trek, the animated series, The Lorelei Signal. This episode originally aired September 29th, 1973. Yeah. You know what I love about this? The the Enterprise, you know, the original opening was always uh, its five-year mission, and then it's canceled after three seasons. Mm -hmm. But the animated series got two seasons. So... (laughs) Three plus two, baby. That's there's your five year mission right there. That that's five years. Yeah, love it. Got it. Got it in there. <laughs> Today's episode was written by Margaret Arman. She had previously written for the original series. She wrote mm. Gamesters of Triskelion, Paradise Syndrome, and the Cloud Minders. Mm. That was a thing on the animated series. A lot of the, I mean, some of the scripts were just straight up adapted from scripts that were going to be season four episodes. Okay, aired hmm. down to the twenty five minute time. But even even the ones that weren't, a lot of them were written by, uh, you know, veterans of, of Star Trek, some veterans of sci-fi, uh, yeah. some cast members. Walter Koenig wrote an episode of uh, Star Trek. Really? Series. He did. Yeah. Oh, He's yeah. not in it. I saw DC Fontana is, was a big heavy hitter in there as well. DC Fontana had a lot, yeah. a lot to do with the animated series. Uh, this episode was directed by Hal Sutherland. Hmm. So the episode was released along with the rest of the series on VHS in 1989, uh, on Laserdisc in 1990, on DVD in 2006, and Blu-ray in 2016. At our time of recording, it's available for streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Steve, how did you watch this episode? I watched it on Paramount+, Plus because apparently... I don't have it anymore. You don't have it? I I had it when we were in... I mean, you had it, you bought it, and then I bought it. And I just don't have my copy. Maybe I let somebody borrow it, and it just—I just forgot. Just like with Sharknado, uh, I did watch this on DVD. I watched my old college era mm-hmm. DVDs, and it's a good time. It's a cool package. It's a little white, like clamshell package. It's got the clear Delta or like the orange yep. translucent yeah. Delta symbol. It's co- it is a yeah. cool package. It really—it's not flat though. It is no, slightly. Yeah. So it, so it doesn't quite fit cake. on the shelf yeah. really well. Uh, that was a weird choice. I know. It's true. It's true. But I love the look of it. I'm glad yeah. they went with something unique. And over the years, I've considered, you know, upgrading to the Blu-ray version because it does. Mm-hmm. It looks good. You know, I mean, the, the animation just even looks more crisp and the colors brighter. Uh, but I just love that 2006 DVD. So. Oh, yeah. It's so great. 
I popped it in. That's how I watched it. This story was novelized and expanded in Star Trek Log 2 by Alan Dean Foster. Hmm. So I interviewed Alan Dean Foster back on the All the Books show, and we talked specifically about these Star Trek logs because Alan Dean Foster is one of the few authors who have written extensively for both Star Trek and Star Wars. Hmm. And not only that, but he was there kind of on the ground floor of both of these. Oh, wow. Okay. Alan Dean Foster wrote the novelization of Star Wars, though it's credited to George Lucas. He also wrote Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which is the first continuation of Star Wars anything, Mm -hmm. that novel. But he also wrote, like way back in the day, he wrote all of these animated logs. He wrote like the book to record Star Trek stories. But he told me on that interview that these novelizations that he did for Star Trek, the animated series, Pocketbooks or whoever had snapped up all the rights to, to do any kind of Star Trek fiction. but they didn't secure rights for for anything animated or novelizing cartoons or animated series. Oh. So another publishing house snapped up the rights, hired Alan Dean Foster, and he was like, "Look, I can't write a novel length book on a twenty minute episode." <laughs> yeah. And so they start off by having like three per log, and this one is in log two. But by the end, they're running out of material, so he starts kind of having the episode be the tentpole of it and expanding the story to full length. So really, oh, that's story. cool. It's almost the reverse. It's how difficult it is to probably take a book and cram it down and, you know, like a, you know, (laughs) a sit down six hour book and cram it into an hour and 40 minute movie. But this is the opposite, like taking 20 minute episode and trying to make it a 300 page book. That's got to be really hard. Have you ever read Larry Niven's like those Manzinti Wars, that whole big series? No, I never did. So Larry Niven, he well, he wrote an episode of this and he used characters from that series. From he oh. used like the Zinti in the animated series, so there's like this weird crossover between Star Trek the animated series huh. and Larry Niven's like interconnected worlds out there. And Alan Dean Foster had to then go and take an episode that was adapted from a Larry Niven short story, then turned into an episode, and then Alan Dean Foster took the episode and expanded it into like a full length novel. So just a crazy. <laughs> it's so convoluted. You no, know? it's all rights and licenses yes. and yes. Anyway, all that to say, the animated series has been released many a time and has been expanded into other other medias. Today's episode is episode four. The cast includes William Shatner as James Tiberius Kirk, Leonard Nimoy as Spock, DeForest Kelly as Dr. Leonard McCoy, James Doohan as Montgomery Scotty Scott. Uh, he also hmm. voiced Lieutenant Eriks in the series. James Doohan, Majel Barrett, and Nichelle Nichols voiced a million characters in this series over the course of this. But we have, of course, Nichelle Nichols as Nyoto Uhura, George Takei as Hikaru Sulu. Uh, and today we have Majel Barrett as Christine Chapel primarily. Uh, she also voices Lieutenant Mress, like the cat, the Cation, I think is that race. Uh, mm-hmm. But in this episode specifically, she voiced Thela, yeah. the main Torian, sort of the main adversary in this episode. Yes. So the whole original cast is back, minus Walter Koenig, and it was strictly a budgetary thing. They're like, we don't have the money to pay you, brah. So that's why he he wrote an episode. He did write one episode, and that was it. It's crazy, though, because this is like, I mean, I don't know. Wouldn't the guy that came in only, what, a third of the way? No. Yeah, he came in second season, right? Yeah, Wouldn't yeah. he be like the one that's probably the least paid? Yeah. yeah, but he's also the most expendable, you know? And when you, when you watch the series... The movies made Chekhov such a staple of that crew, but the original series, he's got a few episodes where he gets a lot of play, but you know, he just always that, sits there you know, angry looking at the screen, angry. That is like his thing. The, 
with the worst wig in television history. <laughs> it is so bad. Oh, man. Our featured cast member today is the late, great Nichelle Nichols. We talked about her in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Nichelle Nichols passed away in July of 2022 at the age of 89 after a legendary career in mm-hmm. film and television. She first appeared as Lieutenant Naoto Uhura in The Man Trap, a 1966 episode of Star Trek, the original series. was in the original series for 69 episodes and would go on to continue the role in the animated series. All of the feature films featuring the original cast. She did several video games and also continued even late in life to play Uhura in fan-made productions and things, which I'm sure gave those people, mm. those casts, a, a real thrill to be working with someone of her stature. But, oh, I'm yeah. sure. And Uhura yeah. gets a lot to do in this episode, though, so that's fun. A lot to do, yeah. I read that uh, at the table read of this, I've read various versions of this story, but as they're reading through and she finds out she gets to take over the Enterprise, that Nichelle Nichols was just like ecstatic because that's nothing that ever happened yeah. in the original series. So That's cool. Uh, pretty, again, another another big moment here uh, for Uhura. All right. So uh, you want to give us your uh, uber detailed plot? Yeah, Star Trek, the animated series, season one, episode four, The Lorelei Signal. On its five-year mission, the Enterprise investigates a region of space where ships strangely disappear every 27 years. Encountering a signal, the male bridge crew is strangely affected and drawn to a distant planet. Uhura suspects something is awry and is skeptical of the signal's purpose. Against Uhura's best judgment, Kirk orders the Enterprise to follow the signal to a lone planet. Kirk, Spock, and McCoy beam down to the planet and are immediately entranced, but in reality captured by the planet's native siren inhabitants. Uhura and Nurse Chapel investigate the signal and quickly discover the fatal effects of the planet. Acting quickly, Uhura takes command of the Enterprise. Growing old and weak, rapidly, McCoy, in a last-ditch effort, injects the away team with a stimulant that gives them enough strength to escape. Spock manages to alert the Enterprise, who responds with an all-female away team impervious to the planet's effect. Thela, the leader of the planet's inhabitants, describes the prison she and the other female survivors have endured. They allow Uhura to bring the away team to the Enterprise and, using the ship's transporter, are able to restore them back to their age and strength prior to beaming to the planet. Sympathetic to their condition, Kirk makes good on Uhura's agreement with Thela after she destroys the signal. Thela and her people are eager to leave the planet and live a new and normal life. Roll credits. Good episode. Yeah. I'd seen it before, but like I hadn't really, I don't know. This time I was like sitting down and really watching it in preparation for discussing it. Yeah. And it's just a strong episode. It's it's not just like, oh, that's a good Star Trek cartoon. Like it's good Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's it's funny. Like it reminded me of what the, um, that's why I put Sirens in there. Jason and the Argonauts, right? And uh, okay, Odysseus, yeah. they encounter sure. the Sirens, you know? And But mm-hmm. this put like a really cool scientific purpose of it. it this is Star Trek, you know? Like we're, yeah. we're, we go over Ewoks, right? And then yeah. all the time we're like, man, this really just doesn't feel like Star Wars. It just doesn't. Yeah. This was Star Trek. This took something from you know the the what the you know the Iliad and the Odyssey or whatever the the, the stories are I can't remember uh, about Odysseus and Jason and the Argonauts and made it make sense in a way instead of just Absolutely. being a mythological creature they're like no there's an issue with the planet 
you know, that mm-hmm. does this, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's a signal that br- that draws that yeah. draws people there so that yeah. they can be re- regenerated. Basically, the inhabitants of the planet need to be regenerated yeah. every 27 right. years. Well, so that's the thing that Star Trek does so well. I mean, it takes yeah. what is essentially a fantasy plot and gives it that science base making yeah. a fiction plot. But you kind of get the best of both worlds. Yeah. One thing that, that really stood out to me watching this was, you know, the animation in this series is much worse than the animation in Ewoks mm-hmm. because so much of it is completely still. Yes. Like the background characters are still and you just have the lips moving or you're only seeing someone in shadow or you're only seeing someone from the side or, you know, it's a still shot and one thing moves across it. You can tell that they're cutting every corner that they can. Yeah. Making it as cheap to produce as possible. And Ewoks is kind of the opposite, you know, like this uh, season two art, which we've kind of dogged, you know, it's energetic and a lot is happening. They're not yeah. corners. Like, I, I don't particularly like it, but they're they're going for it. And so I think it highlights the importance of writing because this is just oh, a, yeah. a tightly plotted, well-written story that really cooks in these 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter that the animation half the time is stock still because the story is moving all the time. And it's like the polar opposite of the Ewok show. I just thought it was really interesting to watch it in the context of being in the midst yeah, of Yeah, and it really works. Like even, you know, like I went back and watched it twice just because I wanted to make sure I didn't like miss anything. And, and mm-hmm. you know, there was stuff that I picked up on the second time. Like when... You know, just watching that uh, episode of uh, Strange New Worlds, the one with Uhura that that focuses on her and her skills and, and Cadet Uhura, right? So she's yeah. new, and they're you know yeah, they don't yeah, quite yeah. trust her yet. They make that clear in the episode, sure. but here Uhura on the ship says says something when they're all like, "Oh yeah," and Spock's like, mm, "Logically, it's a it's a signal, and we need to go to it. They're calling to us," and she's like. My assessment isn't that it's a signal. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting the way she said it was just like, yo, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> like I'm the expert here, you know, no, it's not a signal. Right. Like, even right. logically, it's not, or it's exactly. not calling. It's just a transmission, right? And so I, I just yeah. thought that was funny that, like, right. and then you can really tell they put it on thick with, like, yeah, noted, Ahura. Let's go. You know, Kirk is just like you. You know, you can tell that there's like, right. wait, something yeah. is really weird, and she's already suspicious. And I thought that was really cool that she's like, what? Like, no, <laughs> my assessment isn't that at all. You know, so I, I, you know, I picked up on that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I and agree. then I think they they did some. I don't know if I didn't understand it well enough, but it seemed like at the end of the episode when Thela destroyed the signal, she's like. I made good on your deal with with the deal with Kirk. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. It kind of really wasn't Kirk. So I, even though in my – it almost seems like there was maybe an off-screen deal between Uhura and and, and uh, Thela. Mm-hmm. It had to have been because she's the one who allowed – Thela allowed Uhura to take the crew back to the ship. Yeah. And there must have been like a – after she told him of their issues, look, we'll help you, but you need to let me save my, you know, my yeah. captain and, yeah. and crew. That never happened. We never saw that. But that's the only that's the only logical 
yeah. speaking of logic, is the only logical way that that could have happened, that any deal would have happened, because yeah. why would Thela just have let them go? She would have right. been like, no, like, right. we need to regenerate. Well, it's, like, kind of, it's Yeah, I think from a storytelling standpoint, it's kind of fun to leave that out, and we only kind of see it from the back end, when Kirk yeah. being like, wow, okay, we should have listened to Uhura the whole time, and now she has solved this problem for us, even while we were like being old men with uh, headbands trapped in a cave somewhere. Yeah, and what was it? She said, like, if Kirk honors the, or your captain honors the agreement or something. I couldn't remember exactly how it was worded. It's, it it almost made it sound like it was a deal between yeah. Thela and Kirk, and it's just like, nah, it had to have been between Uhura, or mm. or it was made between Uhura and yeah. Thela, and Kirk was like, okay, nope, this is appropriate. Yeah, we'll do it, you know, and make it yeah. like he's the I'll one who it approved it, it, even yeah. though it was Uhura's idea. I I love the music in this series. I, I mm. love the theme. Yeah. You know, the theme is is reminiscent of the original Star Trek theme, but it's its own thing. Yep. And I love all the incidental tracks like this yeah. plays under the action. And again, that's something that they use. Most of the themes are in every single episode, but I just never mm-hmm. get tired of them. It's just, yeah. you know, it's just fun. It really adds to the tension of it. I feel like the thing with the animated series, because I know, you know, we've talked about this off mic and I've heard this from many people that you know, watching the original series can be kind of a slog, you know, because they're almost a full hour. There's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff where you're just like, let's move this along, you know? And I feel like the the animated series at this crisp, like 22, 25 minutes, whatever it is, requires that all of the stuff that can be cut, be cut. And we just focus on a little bit of character work and yeah. a, tense, a tense plot, you know? And it makes it a very like lean and mean episode. And I just, I really enjoyed revisiting it. Yeah, they keep it, it's funny, right? They keep it very Star Trek in 25 minutes. Yeah. But Ewoks, it's just, it's a crapshoot, right? Whichever yeah, it, episode. It, so really I just, I, you got to respect that, like. It's writing. That's what it is. It's yeah. It really is writing. Yeah. Even if, look, even if they, if the Star Trek people were like, look, you, you, you do have the rights, you can incorporate Star Trek things. But the, the Star Wars crew, they were like, you know, you can't. You can be called Ewoks, but you can't really take anything from Star Wars. Yeah. You should still be able to write compelling episodes that seem like Star Wars. Well, yeah. I you mean, know? the themes of Star Wars are not particularly original. They borrow from a million things, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you it's... Know, it wouldn't be that hard. Yeah. It sh- you, you'd think it wouldn't be, but like... It shouldn't be that hard, I guess. It, it should... Yeah. It sh- let's just say it shouldn't be that hard. You know, I noticed in here that at one point, Kirk says beam us up scotty and that's one of those things you know the 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 misquote of beam me up scotty is just yep. like i'm your father luke in star wars everybody quotes it that way and it's not what happens beam us up scotty is as close as he ever comes to the classic beam me up scotty yeah so I it's, what, was- it's scotty beam me up right it's not beam me up scotty it's scotty said, beam yeah me up. In, in one I, you know in the movies he says scotty beam me up and here he says beam us up scotty and, and yeah. those two are like, pick whichever one you think is closest to beat me up, Scotty. You yeah. Know? So I thought that was kind of just a fun. And the Star Wars one, right? It's uh, everyone thinks it's uh, Luke. I am your father. It's no, I am your father. Yeah. No, I am your father. Yeah. So I like, usually hear, I usually hear I'm your father, Luke, as like the mis. Oh, you do. Oh, OK. Yeah. I hear yeah, it was whatever. It's, yeah, it's all yeah, over same, the place. Same concept, <laughs> same concept. But, you know, I, I had a good time. I felt like, so the resolution is they beam them back up through the transporter and use the patterns from when they went down to restore them to their health. 
there's a next gen episode mm-hmm. in season two. I remember it's season two because it's a Pulaski episode, Dr. Pulaski. <laughs> yeah. And they use the exact same plot. Really? Exactly the same. Yeah. They they go down to this planet, they get old, they don't know how to reverse it, and they use the transporter to put them back. Oh my gosh. Their, do you know what I'm talking about? I do know. And it's Pulaski's down on the planet, right? Yeah. She's already yes, old, yeah. just getting older, which I, I do. Yeah. I do know that episode now that you're talking. Yeah. And I remember her in front of the screen. Just like, mm. yeah, she's like, she's like so perfect. tired. Like, mm, yeah, yeah, we're just going to, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, now I remember that. That's great. The resolution's exactly the same. So the animated series got there first, I, I guess. completely forgot about. Isn't that crazy, though? Like, you know, like I mean, I'll save it. I I got something saved for my okay, all right, uh, Oak all right, of Arc. Yeah. And... Well, let's get into it. Let's oh, get into okay. it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's what, get into it. All right, Steve. What is your darn it gem moment? <laughs> your worst moment? <laughs> okay. Mine was the fact that couldn't they just use this transporter trick anytime? I mean, the age-old question. The age-old yeah. question of, you know, which, you know, I thought oh, it would have been better if they just resolved it by, like, they just needed to be removed from the planet or something needed to be destroyed on the planet and then they would get their health back or they, the women needed to be granted grant back their health or something. Yeah. Or once like the, the mechanism on the planet is broken, like they're restored or something like that. Yes. It is a little bit of a Superman flying around the sun to reverse time. Yeah. But you know, yeah, that's a, that's a fair, that's a fair darn it, Jim moment. (laughs) Darn it. Jim. What about you? You know, <laughs> I sort of say this with affection, but there's so many little animation mistakes in this era of stuff. And it's not just Star Trek. I mean, anything 70s, early 80s filmations, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's Super Friends or He-Man or whatever, there's all sorts of like little quirks. And the one that stood out to me the most was towards the tail end of the episode where Kirk and Spock are still trapped and Uhura and Christine Chapel are on the planet and she hears Spock calling her. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She's like, oh, I hear Spock's voice. And she goes to a hidden panel. When she goes to touch the panel, her arm turns into a red uniform. The rest of her outfit stays blue, but the arm turns red because it was from another shot. And they just... Oh, no like, way. I didn't even notice that. It. So like for, for all those frames where she's pressing the button, she's got one red arm. And so, <laughs> well, what about what about the fact that Spock what was Spock te- telepathically connected? I guess that okay that should be my I feel like that's a uh, an oak of a truly oak of arc is like wait a minute they could have just walked in and found yeah. Spock instead of like make him speak telepathically to to nurse John. he's yeah. already super weak now he's using powers yeah. So I don't know, but that, that to me I was mean, a little bit odd, I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. That, that could make it too. Uh, what is your fascinating moment? Fascinating. Your favorite moment? Fascinating. The best moment. Mine, man, if we're doing next generation, <laughs> it should be, it's organic. What's your, <laughs> what's your, it's organic moment. Mine was Scotty's really long song as the <laughs> ship crawled yes. across the screen and i yes. was just like oh please keep going that please keep funny. going please keep going <laughs> so I, good. you know i was trying to decide if i liked that or not and it was one of those things that it went on so long <laughs> that by the so end of it by the end of it i was like yes i do like this that is funny <laughs> yeah, had to be scotty had to be right. scotty yeah scotty's in like his just happy trance euphoric trance in the chair just singing some old like scottish folk song yeah I knew her as like, uh, Scotty. <laughs> I'm going to take over the ship now. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take over the ship if that's fine with you. <laughs> yeah, and even karaoke's down on deck five there, buddy. I'm going to take go. over the ship. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Oh, man. Good choice. Good choice. What's your fascinating moment? Uh, you know, I the, the moment where Uhura and Nurse Chapel beam down a security team and they just go up and start just like blasting people. They're just like, we're not even going to screw around with this. Uhura just levels the thing. Yeah, and she's she just like, does. you know, uh, so it was kind of cool to hear her be like, set phasers to stun and fire, you know. And they're just like, yeah, they, they just took them all down. out. It was great. <laughs> later, <laughs> later, when Thela is like being uncooperative, Uhura's like being like, just tell me where the captain is. And she won't tell her. And she takes the phaser and just disintegrates the vase next to her and is like, tell me. It was <laughs> such a, so good. It was yeah. such a bad moment. I was like, yes. <laughs> So Uhura is not afraid to do a desktop no, to get what she no. needs. <laughs> all of all of Uhura just being over it and being like, "Lady, I will level this Barbie dream house if you don't tell me where Captain <laughs> yeah. Kirk is." Uh, so that, that was definitely my my fascinating moment. Was there a moral lesson? Listen to Uhura, I guess. Uh, I think so. Yeah, from the get go, when <laughs> Kirk ignored her. Uh, I mean, I guess he couldn't, but it was just it it was plainly obvious from the very beginning of the episode that was something up right. about the uh yeah. you know well, did did you think at one point when they're like, Oh yeah, something's gonna this is an area we're in the area right. where ships disappear yeah. every twenty seven years yeah. and they're like, Oh, oh, it's gonna happen in, in ten seconds yeah. and Kirk's just like yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. We're just going to see what happens. It's like, very disappear, dude. Very like, what the yeah, heck? but I feel like if any, if any lesson is here, <laughs> it's like, this is Uhura's area of expertise. She's the yeah. communications Communications, yep. She's the linguist. She's the one who, you know, and so for her to express concern and then to just be like, nah, you know, I think it would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she interpreted it as not. Your own, understand your own limitations. Yes. And trust the people who you know with expertise. Exactly, I mean, yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a good message for all of us. So yeah, I would say that. Uh, how many warp factors do you rate this episode? I, You know, it's tough because we don't have any anything to compare it to. Yeah. I mean, I'd say this is probably like a solid four. You know, yeah. like if I, because I do know there's a couple animated series episodes that I really do like. Yeah. Yeah, this one was this one was good. I, I really like it. You yeah. know, if a four, I mean, hopefully giving it a four doesn't mean it's not that great. But you know, yeah. I think I think four four. What about you? I li listen. I could be talked into a five on this one. Really? Just because yeah, because I like I like when Star Trek does something a little different. You know, the the classic of all the original series era stuff, whether it's the the shows or the movies or books tend to focus on the trinity of Kirk, Spock, McCoy. So the fact True, that this episode yeah. kind of sidelines those characters and it's more of an Uhura, Nurse Chapel, mm -hmm. and still Spock story, I feel like is just really interesting and it's a good use of the talent that they have. So I I feel pretty good about this episode overall. I think it's a lot of fun. It's it's one of the best, I think, of, of the animated series, but they're all pretty good. Yeah, they know? really are all pretty. I mean, there's a couple weird ones. Yeah, some are kind of kooky. Where but... the animation is just a little weird. Like, that's what you really chose to go yeah. with? Okay, yeah. you know, like, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, this... Now I feel bad guy gave it a four. <laughs> it's okay. It's all Because right. it's good. I mean, the whole time, I watched it twice. I was like, I'm going to watch that again. I'm going to watch it again. You know, you it's good. true to your heart. Yeah, when did you first watch this? Did you did you watch it like you didn't see this as a kid, right? You just watched this like I didn't DVD see this as a kid. No, the first time I watched it was probably when you bought it, it on together, yeah. DVD and we watched yeah. it together. Yeah. yeah, 
you know, we, we watched all, we watched all of it. So the complete series, yeah, the, the, yeah it comes out all of it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just the two seasons. So. There is what is your favorite Star Trek? I know we talked about this on over on Deep Space Nine. Last Star Trek Day. Oh, it's it is. My, that's my Straight favorite. Up. Yeah, Deep Space Nine is your favorite. Okay. Yeah, and that's. I mean, you know, the original series was my first. Then you know, my brother was really into the Next Generation, so we saw that on syndication. Yeah. And then, you know, I remember watching Deep Space Nine and Voyager from start to finish, you know, yeah. watching it on television and Enterprise was, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. handle that. You know, I don't know. Did you watch that in college at all? I can't remember. Enterprise? I remember you guys watching Next Generation a lot. Uh, no, Voyager was the one that, I mean, we did watch Next Generation. Voyager, too, yeah. Voyager was the one that was like in syndication on UPN and they showed an episode every night UPN at UPN 9, that's right. Yeah, and so we would, uh, <laughs> often we would just stay up or we'd set a VCR to record it so we could watch it because yeah. it wasn't even out on DVD at that point. So it was like that or nothing. So I don't know, you know, I mean, Voyager, Voyager is the first one that I was ever really like following exclusively mm -hmm. you know right. that was the one that was like oh i have to see the next episode whereas like i had seen the original series and some next gen prior to that <laughs> but like hodgepodge sometimes you have to punch your way punch through your way through yes <laughs> uh so i think i think uh it's, it's always really hard for me to say i probably truthfully my heart still pulls back to like kirk spock mccoy uh, yeah particular, particularly those original movies i just love them so much but revisiting this reminds me of, of how much i like the the earlier stuff too so i know it's yeah i'm always okay with watching it like for some reason even yeah even episodes that you know i've seen a ton of times 10 yeah. 15 times i'm still like huh i really let's do it let's roll the fun. dice yeah yep mccoy yep mccoy's wait there was a moment where mccoy did his was like gr grumpy yeah. to spock yeah and i thought oh there it is man they yeah. haven't even gotten into like the movies the yet where they really start getting nasty to each other yeah <laughs> yeah yep. so well good. this was uh this was a fun little excursion mm -hmm. into the federation and i think we have to do it again next year for star trek day absolutely Absolutely. But next time, next time, we will be back on Endor in Season 2 with Episode 6A, Gone with the Mimps. And uh, we'll be joined by special guest star Hillary from previously on X-Men. All right. So I know we've teased that before, but now it's really going to happen, Steve. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's going really to happen. happen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. See you next time, buddy. Yeah. See you later. Uh, um, live long and prosper. That's right. Yeah. Peace and long life. This Enterprising Life, a Star Trek podcast, was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include 90s Music Got Me Like, Previously on X-Men, and 9021 Here We Go! Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. That's fine. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> at Enterprising Life. No, that doesn't exist. Don't do that. Yeah.